0: I'm Amanda Pittman and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created so I could have candid conversations with my confident committee. We'll talk about what you care about most, walking in your purpose, finding freedom, and becoming the woman God created you to be. So come join the committee, sis. We're gonna chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Welcome back everyone. Hey to my confident committee. Today I want to talk about Christians, depression, and suicide. And this conversation came to my mind and was prevalent in my heart because a pastor named Jared Wilson just took his life. uh, Just, I want to say it was three days ago now. And It really grieved my heart to know that he took his life because I had been following Jared on Twitter for years now, and he has always brought so much joy and light to my timeline. He truly exhibited the fruit of the Spirit and love on his timeline. I never saw him being combative. I never saw him just push his own agenda, but it was clear that he was always pushing the agenda of love and pushing the agenda of Jesus. And he had always been really outspoken about mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, and thoughts of suicide. And he even is the founder of Anthem of Hope, which is a faith-based organization devoted to amplifying hope for those battling brokenness, depression, anxiety, self-harm, and addiction. And their hashtag is hashtag your life matters. And it's a huge thing to say that right before he took his life, he tweeted two things. First, he tweeted, loving Jesus doesn't always cure suicidal thoughts. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure depression. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure PTSD. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure anxiety. But that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't offer us companionship and comfort. He always does that. And he also retweeted Anthem of Hope, which said, lonely, depressed, need someone to talk to? Check out the free Anthem of Hope 24-7 chat feature. You don't have to do this alone. And I find that really ironic uh, that he wanted to tweet that, um, those two things right before he took his life. But I think it speaks to how deep this national crisis is, and even within the church, um, that we're so willing uh, to love others and help others, but we ourselves may be struggling. And so uh, before I even get deeper into this, this talk, if you are struggling with deep depression and suicidal thoughts... First, I want to offer you these two resources. Text HOME to 741741. And if you're feeling sad, depressed, or feeling suicidal, a crisis worker will text you back. And I have texted this number before just to make sure that it works and it absolutely works. So... Make sure you save that number to your phone Uh, the next time you're dealing with just thoughts of despair or feelings of hopelessness that you don't have to do it alone. And then the other number I want to give you is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. That is the uh, suicide prevention line and someone will speak to you if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts. Now, I think it's important for me to mention this because I think within the Christian community, there is a lot of shame and guilt and condemnation surrounding the conversation of depression. That if you're a Christian, then you shouldn't deal with depression. And it's something that you can just pray away in a moment. And I will never negate The power of Jesus and what he can do and the healing he can bring for your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, and your spiritual health. However, I just understand that this is something that many times the Lord allows to persist in our lives. You know, I have myself dealt with uh, depression and suicidal thoughts. And so I didn't want to speak on an issue that I hadn't dealt with before. I have gone through several bouts of depression, um, in my life. And I'm, I would even consider uh, myself as someone who's more naturally bent toward melancholy and more naturally bent toward, um, depression and feelings of despair. I'm so glad that the Lord paired me with someone like my husband who is just so bright and happy and hopeful, um, Because if he paired me with another person like me, I just don't know how I'd do it. I don't know how I'd adult. Um, But during my deepest times of depression, um, and even during the time in uh, my high school years that I was dealing with suicidal thoughts, some of the thoughts that went through my mind were, I don't think anybody would miss me if I was gone. If I didn't choose to be brought in into this world but I have a choice now shouldn't I have the ability to make the decision whether or not I stay why am I obligated to choose to live I have my own choice and I think that I would be better off not alive It's not that I wanted to hurt myself. It was that I wanted to, I wanted relief. And I think that for those who are dealing with suicidal thoughts, um, they feel like suicide is their only hope because hope is devoid. So suicide is their only hope, the hope of relief um, from their thoughts, relief from their pain, and even relief from the fragility of their bodies you know, relief from the hormonal imbalances or relief from the lack of sleep or whatever is normally accompanied with depression. And I knew, I know that all too well, having been depressed multiple times and having dealt with suicidal thoughts in my past. And I'm just so grateful that, um, I'm just so grateful that I didn't give up because God has used me in incredible ways past the point of my suicidal thoughts, and past the point of depression, I want you to catch this. What I've found that has helped me and others enduring depression and suicidal thoughts is hope. And many times people turn to suicide as their hope because they don't see hope in life. And it's in the midst of depression that God wants you to know, I still have a plan for you. And your life isn't just marked by this moment. It's interesting because whenever I was in high school and I was dealing with suicidal thoughts um, because I didn't feel like anybody loved me, anybody cared about me, and nobody would really miss me if I was gone and I should have a choice on whether I should live or not. I didn't see Amanda at 25. I didn't see Amanda at 40. I didn't see the kids that I would have. I didn't see the future husband I would have. I didn't see the church that we would lead. I didn't see the sermons that I would preach or the women I would mentor. All I saw was that moment of pain. All I felt was that moment of pain. I couldn't see my future because I was clouded by just that spirit of despair And clouded by a momentary pain that seems so heavy to bear. Like David said, it, it felt like a burden too heavy to bear. And sometimes the here and now is all that you see. But God is outside of time. He isn't bound to a moment. He knows the end from the beginning. He exists outside of time. Therefore, he doesn't see you the way that you see yourself. He sees you glorified, sanctified, and wrapped up in Jesus. So while you're in your moment of despair, God sees your lifetime of destiny. When you see your crushing, God sees your oil. When you're in the fight, God already sees the victory. God has a plan for your future and your temporary pain does not disqualify you for his ultimate purpose. So during my times of depression, I took on that identity of pain and I allowed pain to be my identifier instead of the sacrifice of Jesus to be my identifier. And I started to think that others, including God, saw me as wrapped up in pain. And that others, including God, saw me as my sin. They saw me as my shame. They saw me as I was in that moment. But here's the thing. God does not see you that way. He sees your destiny. He sees the promise. Um, He sees your hope and future and his plan for you is good. And if you could just move beyond the moment and see what God has for you and activate that hope, you can just make it one more day. And that's the thing when it comes to depression and suicide. You have to take it one day at a time. One day at a time. I see a hope in a future, therefore, I'm going to continue to choose life today. It's interesting because the Bible doesn't use the word depression um, because it's a fairly modern word, but it does often reference similar words such as downcast, brokenhearted, troubled, miserable, and despairing. And the scripture says that God is close to the brokenhearted. And there are several big figures in the Bible that God used mightily despite their depression, despite them being troubled, despite them being downcast and brokenhearted. In Psalm 38, 4, David describes his depression like this. He says, For my sins have flooded over my head. They are a burden too heavy for me to bear. How many of you have felt like your burdens are too heavy for you to bear? That you can't do life. That you're not capable of going another moment. David knows how that feels. And so God still continued to use David. And David was even known as a man after God's own heart. And God did not disqualify David, but he drew near to David. Another example is Elijah in the Bible in 1 Kings 19. He sat under a broom tree and he asked God to take his life. He wished that he could no longer live and asked God to take his life. I don't know about you, but that sounds like suicidal thoughts and depression to me. Yet God still had an assignment for Elijah after that. He sent an angel to come and give him food, um, an angel to take care of him. And that's really interesting to me because Elijah was depressed and borderline suicidal and the Lord sent an angel to take care of his physical needs so that he can uh, make it on his journey and he could keep going. And sometimes when we're depressed, the best thing that we can possibly do is just take care of ourselves, make sure we're eating, make sure we're sleeping um, in the same way that Uh, Jesus set an example with that when it came to Elijah. Jonah um, also asked God to take his life away in Jonah 4.3. Job said, I loathe my very life. Job was miserable. He was in physical pain, emotional pain. He had nothing left for him before the Lord restored him. And he said, I loathe my very life. Jeremiah said, cursed be the day I was born born. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because of how much suffering and pain he endured and how much sorrow was in his life. And in all these instances, God was near to all of them. God did not turn himself away or shun them or shame them because of their pain. Like I mentioned, Psalm thirty-four, eighteen says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is eager to be near to those who are crushed in spirit. He's eager to save people from depression and to save people from suicidal thoughts. God is near to these people. But I think it's really important to differentiate depression and suicidal thoughts from moral failure. Because suffering and sorrow are not sins. Emotional and mental issues are not always moral and spiritual issues. I saw something that uh, Dale Partridge posted on Instagram. And I I found it um, laden with truth. But I felt like the timing was just so insensitive. And um, it was right after... Jared had taken his life, and he was talking about how he was talking about how pastors should not be pastoring if they're depressed. Now, whether or not that's here nor there, but one thing I found really interesting is that he seemed to lump together pastors or uh, religious leaders who had moral failure with those who are depressed. And I found that extremely problematic because there's a clear distinction between sin and sorrow. And sin and sorrow are not one in the same. God is near to the brokenhearted. Okay. And so if you're dealing with depression or suicidal thoughts, that does not mean that you are walking in sin. That does not mean that you are just outside of the will of God. Uh, The Lord wants to be near to you in this time and he wants to restore you during this time and he wants to give you rest. But catch this, that does not mean that he's looking down upon you and shaming you. That does not mean that you are walking in sin. Here are some practical steps that can help you if you're dealing with depression and thoughts of suicide. One, I want you to tell someone. You absolutely need to tell someone that you're struggling. And you need to be honest and not feel like, oh, I don't want to be the victim. I don't want to be the weak person. Just put away with the pride and say, no, it actually is that bad. No, I actually deal with suicidal thoughts. No, I actually fantasize about no longer existing. I fantasize uh, of being freed from this life. Tell someone and I encourage you to go to counseling and I encourage you to go to therapy. I see a counselor. Okay, I see a counselor and I am not above it. And so if you think that being spiritually high or spiritually mature means you don't have to see a counselor or a therapist, that is probably a sign of spiritual immaturity. And so I encourage you Go to a counselor, go to therapy, have the humility to say, I need help and a moment of weakness could take me out if I don't have someone who knows my pain. So tell your friends, tell your pastor, tell your counselor and ensure that you get back to the level of health that you need. Another step, step number two is you need to take care of your physical needs. If that means that you need to step back from some of your responsibilities so that you can rest And rejuvenate and maybe go for walks and eat healthier food and make sure that you are sleeping. Make sure that you're eating healthy meals. Um, Make sure that maybe even you're taking baths or whatever it may be to take good care of your body. Do that. Do that thing because you need the strength in order to fulfill the assignment that God has for you and fulfill the calling that God has for you. And that's the same thing that God did for Elijah when Elijah was in the wilderness. And when Elijah wanted to die, he sent the angel to make sure that he got rest and food. And so make sure you're taking really great care of your body. And that's going to help you along the way. Number three, I want you to meditate on the hope of your future. Dwell on the hope of your future. Your present suffering does not compare to the glory that will be revealed in Christ Jesus. Your present suffering does not compare to what you're going to see in your future. God has a plan for you, sis. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. Don't lose sight of that future. Do not lose sight of everything God has planned for you in this one moment of pain. Meditate on the hope of your future. Step number four is that I want you to spend time with God. The scripture says that in him we live and we move and we have our being. So know this, that God will understand you. And catch this, that he will show you love. And he will dispel all of the lies of the enemy. If it's the enemy that's telling you that you need to kill yourself, it's the, if it's the enemy that's keeping you in depression and keeping you locked into these despairing thoughts, then it's the voice of God that's going to activate hope. It's the voice of God that's going to dispel the lies. It's the voice of God that's going to show you who you truly are and how he sees you. And so allow God to just wrap you in his presence, to just wrap you in your love and do it every single day. Whether or not you feel God, do it every single day. Whether or not you feel like it, do it every single day. Because God is changing you from the inside out, whether you see it or feel it or not. He sees you, he loves you, and he sustains you every single day. And last thing, don't give up. Don't give up. If you need to call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255, you call that. If you need to text HOME to 741-741, you do that. But you don't give up. You keep going every day. You put one foot in front of the other every day. You get a little bit more rest. You eat some good food. You tell someone that you're, what you're going through. You read some scripture. You depend on the power of God, but you don't give up. God has a plan and a purpose for your life that he planned in advance for you to do. So don't give up. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you are a part of the Confident Committee, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. If you haven't already, join our Facebook community, The Confident Committee, and follow us on Instagram at Confident Woman Co. As always, stay confident.